Welcome to another edition of the Green Beers Podcast. As always, that is AJ. He is the green. I am Ken. I am the beige. And joining us at the Green Beers desk for the first time ever, Mr. Michael Hercules, a.k.a. Logs of the Collective Bargaining Podcast. So as Logs is... AJ's guy, more so than my guy, he's known him for much longer than I have. I'm going to allow AJ to introduce our guest this week. I mean, how well do we really know someone, right? I mean, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, you know what? Uh, in all seriousness, we, most of our guests have been from the beige side of the green base. Tonight, we actually have someone from the green side, my brother from another. I've spent countless hours in this man's house wrecking FIFA when he was sleeping. We go way back like Carol Pratt. Yeah, so this, this is, is my true. guy. This is all true. Yeah, yeah. We, we go back. We go back. So this is this is one of the, the, the nearest and dearest friends to me. And he just started his part. And, you know, I, I really like what he and Hardware are doing. It's some good stuff. The collective, collective bargaining part. And we'll touch on that a bit later. But Logs, welcome. I know also you're an NFL aficionado. aficionado. So um, we're pleased to have you here, my brother. Definitely. Oh, pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here, guys. I, <laughs> I appreciate the invite. It's yeah, not as very rare that you know I get invited to another podcast. And you know, I'm happy hey, to be here. Hey, we're all in this fraternity now, bro. We're all it in this fraternity. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we are all family. And what better way to help you get your podcast out there than to bring you on with our folks and allow you to get some more exposure yeah, as well. Yeah, these cross-platforms are great. <laughs> Indeed. Right. Now, as it was just making mention of the word exposure, off the rip, <laughs> we are talking about COVID in sports again. COVID is back in sports and it is wreaking havoc, or as we back in the Caribbean like to say, it doing the dog. And this is not just any one particular sport. This is all sports that are being affected right now in the nfl more than 200 players have been tested positive for covid since the start of week 15 for those of you who are checking that was two thursdays ago more than 80 nba players are currently sidelined due to covid soccer games and teams are also dealing with covid so fellas this is where we're going to get going and Logs, as you are our guest, we'll give you first crack at this question. Ooh, Do you nice. believe that we should have another pause for COVID? Uh, short answer, no. Uh, long answer. Um, I don't think it's necessary to do that but i think protocols need to change. Like if you're going to say that we believe in the science uh, and keep vaccinated, then I think they should make, they should adjust the, the rules a little bit. You know, I mean, it's true that we have to, it's a work in progress. Uh, so it's not perfect the way it is right now, but that's why we call it a work in progress. So we can make it better because you can't have star players um, on the, just on the sidelines for COVID protocols because they think you have it, right? You have to find a way to deal with it while we're playing so it's right now from what i've seen it looks like covid is basically like the flu so are we going to stay on the sidelines because we have the flu because we're going to keep we keep, that's what's happening right now it's just like all right well i got the flu so i'm not gonna i'm not coming to work today 
I stay at home for, for five days or unless I, ha I have a, a negative test to prove it. <laughs> In terms of the NBA, you need like five negative tests. Mm -hmm. So I'll do that instead. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I, that's why I'm saying short answers, no. Well, long-term answer, they need to find a way to figure out a way around it so that we don't have the star, star players um, sitting while these second, third string wide receivers, running backs, Oh, they're putting up garbage numbers, and your, te your team, your team is just lo losing for, for unnecessary. Well, now it would be an unnecessary reason because it's like we still have we have to find a way to live with it, and the only way to live with it is to play through it. At least that's what I think. <laughs> okay, what about you, AJ? Do you think we should be pausing right now again for COVID? No, no, I don't. I I, I basically agree with what Log said, and just to piggyback and go a little further, um, saw today, I didn't even get to read this article as yet, but I saw today that Adam Silver said that COVID isn't going anywhere, and so we need to learn to deal with it. So you can't be pausing it every single time. Um, and without going in, in depth about that article, because as I said, I didn't get to read it, I, but I agree. I, I basically share the same sentiment in that it's, it, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere at this point. And is it's it, with with the way the opinion of COVID has been has caused division socially. I I mean, all these players are still human beings, so it, it would continue to cause division. So it, it doesn't make sense to put the product on pause every single year just because cases are spike. Like I, I mean, I, as per log suggestion, maybe try to find another way to to um, alter the protocols for the better. But in terms of like halting player again i i understand that in the first instance when it was something new and unprecedented and you didn't know exactly how to go about dealing with it but at this point it's just adjust and move on okay well i i don't know if it's the grenadian connection or what but right <laughs> off the gate we have two versus one because <laughs> i do believe that there should be a pause for covid mm -hmm. Because it's, it's not like what it has been or what we have seen all the way through the season. We've been dealing with COVID consistently since COVID has started. And since the games have begun, we have also been consistently seeing players missing games, being pulled out because they may have COVID or they tested positive for COVID. And vaccination, it doesn't matter where you fall on the whole vaccination um, scheme of things but we have a lot of players who are vaccinated and are still catching COVID and now we have this massive explosion again now if we continue to just allow things to go as they have been going then that suggests that more than likely we are going to have a situation where everybody is going to get COVID at some point and then when we have everybody infected the game still can't play there, for me, there's nothing wrong with taking a short break so that everybody who has currently tested positive can recover. We are not affecting the product on the field or on the court. We're not affecting people's livelihoods necessarily. It would be good if we could take that break. However, they're not going to take a break because there's too much money at stake for these leagues to go with a full-skill shutdown level we had in 2020. So... AJ, you made mention of Adam Silver making that comment that, you know, basically we have to find a way to live with COVID. I also saw that article. The 
Premier League, the English Premier League, they were also discussing a potential shutdown for the next two weeks just to get through the Christmas period and then start back in January. But the Christmas period is where everybody is watching the Premier League because all of the other football leagues are also done. All these soccer leagues are done for Christmas. They take that winter mm -hmm. break. So there's no way that they're going to then cancel all of these festive fixtures. And they met, even though the teams were saying, we will like a pause. But after they met, what came out? They're playing all of the festive fixtures. Anyway, the NBA, they continue to postpone games because the teams can't field enough players to fill their rosters for the night. You even had a situation where Austin Rivers laughing on Instagram Live saying that he was getting anonymous because he didn't have a clue who they were That's going true. to be playing against. They only had three recognized players and then the rest of them were hardship call-ups. You have, right now we have Tuesday football. As we're recording this right now, there are two games playing right now because of the COVID situation. These leagues will do whatever they can to keep these games going. And health and safety, unfortunately, right now is secondary. Even the NFL right now, they have decided that they're going to adjust their testing rules where they're only testing vaccinated players if they're pre presenting symptoms. So guess what? We can have pretty much everybody in the league vaccinated and everybody could have COVID as long as you're not having a runny nose or you're not coughing, we're not checking you for anything. So we're just going to bury our heads in the sand and we're just going to keep this going? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That's how it's going to go. <laughs> I, yeah, mean, I mean, there's, there's nothing else you can really no, sorry, say. Go ahead. Oh. Yes, there's nothing else that you can really say that will um, change the minds because like you said, um, it comes down to the the bottom line, and the bottom line is money matters, Correct. right? So because that's a major factor. Don't forget these sport major sports: the NFL, NBA, uh, Premier, the EPL, all all the other leagues lost a lot of money when they had to shut down. Yep. And right now they're looking at it like, ooh, a flashback. Like, ah, uh, I can't lose this amount of money again, even though substituting is may not give you the same quality content but they're still not losing at the mm -hmm. end of the day so but and as we talk about the hardship there was just a recent rule change to the hardship so now it's going to be a little difficult to call up somebody from the g league because mm -hmm. the g league now has to um uh just like carry with the unvaccinated yes mm -hmm. they have to do five five um negative tests in a row so it won't be like I could call you up and you. So it's gonna be a little difficult. That rule just got just got a notification a while ago. That rule just came in a while ago. Mm. So it's gonna be much harder for mm -hmm. them to be called up. So it's that was saying it's making it more difficult for games to play. And the NBA just released a, a statement when it was today, or maybe yesterday, that they have they've notified the teams of a possible they could play earlier. You know, so, or they might switch up the schedule a little bit and they notify teams about that already because, and that depends because of the availability of players. So if you don't have like a KD or, or Harden, LeBron, Steph available to play, who's going to watch? Nobody. So they have to, that's what they already have already waiting to tweak the schedule for Christmas Day mm -hmm. just because of COVID. And that's crazy to me. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas Day is when everybody watches basketball. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
And and now because it's on a Saturday and we're at that point in time in the NFL season, now we have NFL games on a Saturday. On a Saturday, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, the thing is, can I get what you're saying? But I guess to me, this the question it still is, like, take a break to what end? Like, even if you take a break to let players recover, at some point in time, you're still going to have players who will need... Like, the numbers may not be as, as exaggerated, but... It, 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 it's, it's, this just seems like it's going to be something that rolls over every single, uh, in every single um, scenario, uh, any, every single possible scenario. I'm pretty sure Dr. Strange could tell you the same thing. So I, I just feel like, uh, like what, what, not, not saying that, what your, that your point about it doesn't um, have any credence to it, you know, but like to what end? And if, if the leagues can't get paid, then these players ain't going to get paid. And a lot of these guys would not want the pause either. either. That's the thing. They still want to give me checks. It is true. It is very true. So, I mean, we could spend our entire night talking about COVID. And yes, we did, you know, kind of title this episode COVID. However, you're looking at like COVID effects. We're not going to just talk about the virus because games actually played. And it's more fun to talk about the games than it is to talk about COVID. So now we move over into the Blitz. And in the Blitz, you know how we like to do it. We like to see under four categories, who gets what. So we always start with the biggest winner. And Logs, again, we turn to you. Oh. Who was your biggest winner for week 15? Uh, so I had like a, almost like a tie with the biggest winner. And the only reason why I had like the second one in is because, well, you see, so I had the biggest winner as the people who are running for the number one pick. And for some reason, <laughs> for some reason, the Lions chose to win a game yesterday. <laughs> I didn't understand. I first, and I couldn't understand this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why would the Lions try to win? Uh, the Lions right? have too much pride. They don't, they, don't, they, they don't understand what it means to tank, clearly. Like, they really are still giving effort at this point in time in the season. Like, look, just go for it the pick, make, bro. Just go for it, the pick. It makes no sense. Just get the number one pick. <laughs> just get the pick. <laughs> so, so right now, the Jags are the biggest winner in my books right now. But mm -hmm. see, I had the tie going to my 49ers because... We're basically establishing ourselves as playoff contenders in the NFC, and I love it. And the reason, and the reason for that is the the playmaking trio of um, Kerry, I'm saying Kerry, George Kittle, uh, Samuel, and Brandon. Yo, they look so healthy, and they're blossoming, man. And a defense <clears throat> anchored by Nick Bo Bosa leading the way. I don't think anybody wants to see us when it comes to January. Anyway, that's my biggest winner of, you know, week 50. Okay, cool. No problem. That's, that pick of the Jaguars is definitely out of left field to me. <laughs> but AJ, what about you? Who's your biggest winner for this week? Um, 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 so it is actually, I have the Steelers. And to me, it's because that was a big win against the Titans. Mind you, I don't trust the Titans, but still, it was a big win for the Steelers, and because it keeps them in in the wild card hunt, and they are at the bottom of their division, but they're still in with a show, uh, given you know the, the fact that there's still three games left to play in the season and how tight the division is. The funny thing is, I'm sitting here looking at this game, 
And I'm like, if the Seahawks pull off this victory tonight, I might have to change my answer. Like, I'm really annoyed that this <laughs> game is playing whilst we're doing this. Because the Seahawks will be my answer if they, they hold on for this win. But the Rams just scored, so it's 17 to 10 now. So I'll, I'll stick with my, um, the, the, yeah, the prepared response in the Steelers. Yeah. Okay. So my biggest winner this week is the Kansas City Chiefs. Because the Kansas City Chiefs, they won their game 34 to 28 against the Chargers on the road. They went with Patrick Mahomes passing the ball again this week, 410 yards passing, three touchdowns. Now, what also makes this a very impressive win for them is that it is a big win. It was an overtime, yes, but it's still a big win over a divisional rival on the road, avenging their week three loss, which allows them now to split the season series and they are now at the top of the AFC West. So when I look in terms of the movers and shakers this week, Kansas City definitely is up there as the biggest winner for me. All right, so then we move on to the biggest loser. AJ, we give you the first the first go on this one. So who is your biggest loser for week 15? I I had to. I, I wanted to pick one, guys. I'm sorry, but I have to mention two and for two different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I'm actually, this might surprise you, but I'm actually going to stay my pats. <laughs> and for, wow. for the main, the, yeah, the main reason is, right? The main reason is, we looked so unprepared and sloppy coming off of a bye week. And that doesn't usually happen. I, 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 it, it seemed very uncharacteristic. And the annoying thing is that we were beat by one man and it wasn't the quarterback. Like, Carson Wentz did absolutely nothing in the game. Like, talk, talk about uh, um, <laughs> Mark Jones's three-pass game of a couple weeks ago. Carson Wentz had the second least effective quarterback game of the NFL season. The man competed like it was five of seven or something like that. It's five of, 12, five of 12, Oh, five of 12. Oh, sorry. He missed seven. He, he yeah, had seven incompletions. That's what it was, right? Right. Fit, fit for 57 yards. Each of his receivers had a single catch. It was Jonathan Taylor who, yeah. It was Jonathan Taylor who ran all over us. And, and it's no surprise that JT is the monster that he is. And, and obviously everyone is now saying that he's a, Best running back in the league in terms of form, he definitely is, right? But and we haven't been very good at stopping the run all season, but crap. I mean, Bill usually has a plan to deal with a team's main threat. So I thought that coming out of the bye week, we would have been a lot more prepared to handle JT and force Carson Wentz to be the reason that the Colts won the game because as, as good of the, as the Colts have been this season, that, is, that has been on the back of their defense and Jonathan Taylor. Carson Wentz hasn't had any spectacular games that have won the Colts any, any um, matches this season. He hasn't. So I thought that's what we, what we would have forced him to do. And we were just sloppy and it was just bad. It was terrible. But I also have to, the second one I have to mention is the Tennessee Titans. Do these, do, I'm trying not to, not to use any colorful language or anything that is, is, is too insulting. But do these gentlemen not realize that every road team that has a meeting on the home team's logo right before a game ends up getting their mouths bashed in? Is this still a thing? Like, we are we still doing this? I, I, I'm kind of glad they lost just because they did that. And, and they're the biggest losers because I don't know how that actually motivates you and you don't think 
that it doesn't motivate your opposition as well. They, they, they have to be up there for me. Have to be. Well, I did not even know that the Titans had a meeting at midfield on the Steelers' law. Yeah, I didn't realize that either. They did. They did before the game. You know, like trying, you know, when they're trying to get yourself hype, and everybody, everybody, just, just, just congregate in the middle right there. Get beat up. Yeah, yeah I'll did. take it. Yeah, that, that didn't make that, any sense at all. Yeah, that will get you there. <laughs> Well, were you logs? Who is your biggest loser this week? All right, so I'm surprised he didn't mention it, but maybe because this is his man crush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with Tom and the Braidettes. I actually have a <laughs> it's a draw between Tom and the Braidettes, mainly because come on, they were shut out. This is not the first time Tom was shut out though, but it's the first time he's been shut out at home. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is a little different to me that he was shut out at home because Tom is normally great at home. And watching him act like a little five-year-old on the side, well, not even on the sidelines, on the field was quite entertaining for me. I must say I, ent- I enjoyed that. <laughs> I must say. They, they didn't, the, there was no protection. Uh, he rushed most of his passes. Uh, not sure what was going on in his head or maybe he was seeing something that they should have been doing. I don't know. Clearly, that's why he matched up the, t- the tablet because he was probably seeing something that was not in a play. Uh, right? And so, and who I have tied for biggest That was there. probably a steal of the night. Yeah. That <laughs> really the was. Yeah. Just turn the tablet and match it up yeah. in pieces. <laughs> I was um, John Harbour and his two-point conversions. I mean, two straight games, he goes for two straight points and you get the same, same result. The same yeah. result. <laughs> um, the thing is, I have the Ra- the Ravens as one of the better teams in in the league, and because um, I almost call him Lavar because Lamar is injured. Because Lamar is injured. Um, yeah. It's a little difficult for them to win games and close the close out games. And so, you know, you get accustomed to one set of schemes. So, like, you just try to you try things. But I think he's trying a little too hard. <laughs> uh, so, but those are my two biggest losers for this week. I mean, granted, it's not the Titans. But, you know, I understand the Titans. They, they should have been there. <laughs> I should have seen. If I knew, if I knew they did that yeah. on the... Um, I, yeah. I, they would have definitely been there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I definitely agree um, with with the guy, the teams that you pick. I'm not going to talk about the Buccaneers. Yeah, <laughs> but my biggest loser was the Arizona Cardinals. Oh yeah, twelve God, to thirty yes. against the Detroit Lions. <laughs> so when the Cardinals lost to Green Bay, we said that they had to lose one, and it was fluky. You know, it was a fluky game. So we didn't think about it too much. When they lost to the Rams last week, we said that the Rams, you know, the Rams are a good team, but that was a bad loss. But now you go and you follow up that loss with a loss against Detroit. The Lions, now, Adrian, I, we have 
especially in the early part of the season. We were very complimentary of Dan Campbell and his lovable losers because they were always playing really, really hard every single week. Mm -hmm. And except for like a bounce to the ball here or maybe a blown assignment there, they would have probably won some games. But in this game... You're the Arizona Cardinals. You're supposed to have a top five defense to go along with your top five offense. And you're down 17 to nothing at the half. You score a single touchdown against this 30, 30 or 31st ranked defense. And you give up only five incompletions. And three passing touchdowns to Jared Goff. That is horrendous if you are the Arizona Cardinals. That... Mm -hmm. That is almost inexcusable that you would go and lay an egg like that against the Lions. So now, moral victory time. Logs, who gets your moral victory for week 15? Jeez, um, that's one tough. I mean, there really no moral... There are no really moral victories, but I, um, I guess we can give the Browns a little pack on the back. Yeah. That's, uh, they went out there and they, uh, gave it a good old, they didn't, exactly, exactly. That's what it was, a good old college track. Because they, they came out swinging, right? Yeah. They had, yeah. In the first half, they were going and it was like, okay, we could do this. Mm -hmm. And then reality struck and they were like, yeah, no, 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 we can't. And so, it, it showed potential that they could possibly win a game if they continue on the high, high school luck fest. But um, it also shows that they have a long way to go before they could be a, a consistent team to even be winning, even with all those talent that they had come and go. They need a whole new... They need to reshuffle the team. But that's, what, that's the moral victory I have for them because, you know, they came out fighting and they are like, yeah, we could do this. They're almost there in terms of, you know, being a stable team. A nice little foreign, foreign, you know, four-win team, four-five-win team. You know, they're almost there. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Nick Mullins, um, who was the emergency quarterback. Came in and gave yeah. him 20 of 30 for 147 yards in the touchdown. And that was better than somebody else. And also got them... Um, to the point where the Raiders had to come down the field and kick a field goal to win the game. So, shout-outs to Nick Mullins and the Browns. But, AJ, who gets your moral victory for this week? You know what's actually really funny? Um, as we were starting, I was typing up another another team for this as well. And it, it, it kind of is going to come all come full circle now because we've mentioned both of these teams as we've been speaking already. My the pick I had for the moral victory of the week was actually logs up for the exact same reason. Not sorry, not the team that you just said, but it right. was actually the team that he said was his biggest winner. And for the exact same reasons, I have the Jags because they now have the number one pick. Yeah. Because they have the number one pick in the draft. <laughs> no, no. So they could they could get some reinforcements and, and they already have their quarterback. So you know you can get some reinforcements to shore up the O-line possibly, protect them. I mean, you could do a plethora of things right now. They still need some changes elsewhere, but that's another thing, another discussion for another time. But the name I was adding, and this is why I didn't mention them before, is, is the Bucks. 
Y'all really think Tom Brady's going to get shut out again this season? Nah. Uh, nah. They had a bad... He had a bad... He had a really bad night. He lost... He lost three... His three leading pass catchers. You really feel... You really think that Tom Brady's going to get shut out again in an NFL season? Regular season or postseason? Nah. After that tantrum? I, probably I'll not. Get, I'll get... <laughs> I'll get... And trust me, I'll get more into that game a bit later. Okay. All right. So, is I, it's nice, AJ, that you mentioned that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get your moral victory because the segue is right into my moral victory, which is the New Orleans Saints. Oh, wow. Of course, I had to make mention of my team somewhere in this rundown, and it would have been disingenuous of me to call the Saints the biggest winner of the week because of where my Saints currently sit in the standings. But do not be fooled. That was a massive, massive victory for the boys from New Orleans. Now, this season has been a dumpster fire since James, James Winston got hurt. Tampa Bay came into this game with an opportunity to clinch the NFC South, get their hats and t-shirts, and look forward to the playoffs with the number one seed in their sights. But nope! As good as they have been number one offense in the league and all, two turnovers again by Brady and it shut out. Zero points conceded by my Saints defense. Yes, AJ, Godwin went down with an ACL. Fournette has a groin injury. Evans has a hammy. But before they got hurt, they weren't setting the world alight before they went down. Now, my Saints offense has to find a way to generate more points, but my defense is still championship level. And the fact that this was the first shuttle loss for Tom Brady in 255 consecutive games. Remember, I always told you that when it comes to the Buccaneers against the Saints, with the exception of the playoff game last season, the Saints always beat the Buccaneers. And since Tom Brady has been in the NFC South, you and I, we got into it when we discussed if the Saints had Brady's number. But the fact still remains. This is now five games and four losses with turnovers against the Saints in every one but the, the playoff game. So I'm not going to go back there and say that the Saints have Brady's number, but I'm pretty sure that somebody has his number in their Rolodex. So... <laughs> wow. <laughs> Went far back there, though. All right. Yep, of course. So now, after we've talked about the moral victory, we move on to the least inspiring win. So, Logs, again, start with you. Who has your least uh, inspiring victory this week? And so Hannah, yeah, the thing is, right, it can't be a it can't be too hard on the Bengals since they got the much we did the much needed win, right? But we didn't get a very inspiring performance from the offense. That's true. I mean Right, Joe, Joe Burrow passed for 157 yards and a touchdown. And and Mink, Mink what's his name? Joe Mixon? Mixon. Mixon. Mixon, right? You rushed for like 60 yards, I think? 58. All right, on 17 carries. Mm -hmm. So, 
they, he didn't get much offense. He didn't get no points racking up from that that offense. But the only thing that probably, well, the only thing that really helped them was that defense because it stepped up when it when it mattered the most. So that's who I have as you know, like the least inspiring victory win. What about you, AJ? Who's your least inspiring win? I wish you had started with me because that would have been the perfect segue <laughs> to get into it. Because my least inspiring, and I'm, I don't know how this is not unanimous, but it has to be the New Orleans Saints. It has to be the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> are we kidding? What are we really saying right now? And you know what, Ken? I, I actually agree. I actually very much agree with your analysis oh, wow. about, the, about the moral victory. If, if, if it, in another week, I, may have, I would have put the Saints in both categories, but I just didn't want and I had to pick one. So I left them out of that. I was like, yeah, I know Ken is going to say that because it, it's the Bucks, is the division rival. We always have that. That's probably our most, uh, our most common discussion. Saints, Bucks, <laughs> right? I was like, you, you have that covered. So I had to put them in the least inspiring way. Listen, as great as the defense was, and, and you mentioned it, that, that they were, it's not as if this, the, the offense, the Bucks offense was setting the world alight before that. But Chris Gordon was actually four for 49 um, before he went down, right? Mm -hmm. It's not incredible stats, but I, I just find it hard to believe that if, if Godwin, Evans, and Fournette finish that game, that the Bucs don't even, that at, at no point in time, even in the second half, do they make it into uh, in a field goal range at least to, to hit two field goals? Let's not forget, Ryan Suckup did have a, have a chance and he scuffed it. Mm -hmm. But, but, and, and, and it, to your credit as well, Ken, we haven't really gone back and forth about this. But you see your friends like one Nicholas Greenwich, a.k.a. Post. And let uh -huh. us know what's Post to. We had another chat together. Is <laughs> the fans like that sometimes that's bring it out to me. Let me take a, a walk down memory lane real quick, right? Let me go back Ooh. to just over a year ago. The Saints manhandled the Bucks 38 to 3. Yes. There's a headline. I'm just going to read this one headline for you. Dominance. Saints crush Bucks. 38 to 3, and possibly best performance in team's history. Let's fast forward now to a year. I, I, I'm going from right there to here now. And a year later, what are we talking about? Drew Brees is in the studio, retired after a disappointing end to his career, and the Bucs are the champions of, of the NFL. I, so I, I, I really could not care about post calling me out in a group uh, because the Saints once again beat Tom Brady in the regular season. When you're still, when you're actually playing him in the postseason and lost, that's the most important game. That's the most important game. And you, you can even, you even mentioned this in one of the chats, right? You said to yourself that your defense is doing such a good job of, of giving the ball back to the offense, but the offense needs to find something to do with it. Nine points in a game, though. You really say nine points. Like, like the, the game was essentially close up until. I would I would say probably somewhere mid mid the middle of the uh, of the fourth quarter or something like that, but it wasn't an inspiring victory on on the offensive side. It always felt like this game, like Tom Brady and and the Bucks would come back at some point and make this a contest because your offense was terrible. Nine points is not good. You beat them and and, and without scoring a touchdown, they 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 were shut out. It was a, an excellent job by Cam Cam Jordan specifically. That man was on a tear that night. I, I must give him credit. That was a, a remarkable game. That's not going to happen again, bro. That's not going to happen again. I, 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 
you had to, he had to play with it. This is the last thing. He had to play with Tyler Johnson, who's a four or five. Scotty Miller, he's a four or five in the depth chart. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, I have not seen anything from this guy that suggests to me that he's an NFL running back. I, I mind you, it's only like his second year or something like that. So it might be harsh. Ronald Jones, whose numbers have, have, have been downgraded significantly since Leonard Fournette took over that starting spot. And he's not much of a pass catcher. Mind you, they even had Gio Bernard, who's a better pass catcher than Rojo. He, even, even he was out. Man, come on. I, I, I'm st I still am surprised that the Bucs didn't score a single point, but I'm not convinced when on the other side of the ball, the, the Saints only scored nine points. I knew that this had to, I knew the Saints had to get in there somewhere for you because I also said to myself, if it was not my team that beat the Bucks, I probably would have also said that it was not an inspiring win because we only scored nine points, because my offense struggled the entire night, especially the run game, because Alvin Kamara was not allowed to do what he normally does on a week-by-week -week basis. Mm -hmm. And you see, you always like to bring back up what happened in the postseason, right? And we can get into that at some point in time, but we, we ain't got time for that right now. So I can just move on quickly. So the least inspiring win for me, I can just be very succinct on this one, and then we'll, we'll keep it going. So my least inspiring win this week was actually the Texans. The Texans being the Jaguars, 30-16. to 16. I get the whole Davis Mills experiment. As you outlined last week, you let the kids play at this point. But you can't be messing around and winning games if you're the Texans. You also need to get as high up a draft pick as possible. Your whole team <laughs> is a mess. Davis yeah. Mills gives you 19 uh, completions on 30 attempts, two touchdowns, one interception. But you should Probably. still be on that tank train and not trying to win games. Correct. All right. So I just wanted to get that OJ because that's what he said. We got we we gotta we gotta get into the head coach that is over AJ's favorite quarterback, Bruce Arians. <laughs> Bruce Arians is the master of the back pedal when it comes to Antonio Brown. First, he said in March 2020, before AB was on the team, yeah, it's not gonna happen. I just know him and it's not a fit in our locker room. Upon signing Brown. He then insisted there will be no more second chances in Tampa Bay. He screws up one time, he's gone. gone. <laughs> Arians told this to Football Morning in America's Peter King. And that was also in 2020. No, he is one of three former and current Bucs players suspended by the NFL for three weeks for violating the NFL's COVID-19 protocols. Brown's former personal chef, Stephen Ruiz, accused him of paying for a fake COVID-19 vaccine card and the NFL leveled the suspension after conducting an investigation. In addition to being a federal crime, as we've mentioned here on the show before, possessing a fake card related to the NFL but one's vaccination status is also a violation of the league's health and safety protocols. Arians, again, I could give a bleep what they think, he told reporters, on Monday, the only thing I care about is this football team and what's best for us. And it also appears that the terms of Arian's original stance have changed. The history has changed. Since that statement, he continued, per the athletics Greg Ullman, a lot of things went on last year that I was very proud of him 
and they made a decision this was best for our football team. So, AJ, first up, that's what he said. What do you have to say about what he said? Boy, look, I, I, um, I was seriously tempted to put Antonio Brown as my biggest winner this week, you know. Because look at, <laughs> look at the Saints box game, right? After with all three of those guys going down, each time a man went down, I was like, boy, he'd be so lucky. AB has to be the luckiest SOB out there. Yes. Because this just means that they and 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 Ken, we even spoke um, about Brashad Perryman too, right? Perryman was out for that game as well. COVID protocols. Correct, correct. So it it I know you have you have guys down with injuries, so it you don't have you don't have your full complement of receivers. So they, they have and Bruce Arians has to make an excuse. And and you know what what reeks this reeks of even more to me? Tom Brady running this team, you know? Bruce Aarons is, is Bruce, Bruce Aarons is like a governor general. Mm-hmm. He's a figurehead. Yeah, it's Tom, Tom Brady's Brady. a, pre- he's that's, a prime minister. That's, exa- that's exactly what I was thinking as well. <laughs> this is Tom Brady's team, bro. This is Tom. I, if, you, you, there, it, could, could there be any other reason that AB is still on this team uh, uh, outside of the fact that, that Tom Brady's here? Uh, he's, he's the main reason he's here, and he's the main reason he's going to continue. Because they're trying everything they can to get AB out. If he got suspended, like they they they're supposed to be the team as you had mentioned before, Ken. They're the team that had boasted about being a hundred percent vaccinated or whatnot, yeah. right? If he not, he can just ruin that. But he's making the organization look bad. He uh, uh, Bruce Aarons has come out and said, uh, "You just said what he said." And talking about one time step up and he's out. So I'm ready. Marched straight into that man's office and told him, "Look, you let Ab get back onto this roster, or I'm walking." I wouldn't go go that far. I exaggerate exaggerate for effect. I exaggerate for effect. You know that's not Tom's style, but I'm just saying. Is Tom Tom running this game? Hey, he's a captain now. (laughs) Yeah, so I was thinking thinking the same thing, right? I was like, there's the only reason that AB is still on the team, especially after that whole COVID thing, like even before. So if you start from the beginning and say, all right, there's no way you're gonna. I know what he stands for. I know what he's doing. All right, so fine. You know, Tom obviously, you know, whispered in his ear, "Yo, I need him." Right? That's that's what I want. You know, mm-hmm. right? So they got him. Then he brought a poker, and I was like, "All right, it's illegal. It's a federal offense." Like, all right, cool. So now it goes everything Bruce Bruce way. So he's like, "All right, cool. So I could just get rid of him now." He's like, "Now, Tom." He's like, "Listen, my team is shit." I need some receivers. I need them. <laughs> so that, that's 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 what I think mm. happened during the whole the whole process. It's like because he, he has no control. It's like you said, he's like the governor general. It's like, eh, yo, I want you to do this. All right, cool. I get it done. No problem. You you the captain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> captain. Hey, look at me. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what it is. Um, I don't think there's there's much. Uh, he he's just a, a figurehead. He's not gonna do. He's not. He doesn't really have much say in terms of the offense or what who we, um the players that Tom wants to play with. Because if you realize, if you notice, they surrounded Tom with guys that he needs that complements him great. And Tom thinks that AB complements him well. He's like a, a Randy Moss basically ish type, not ish. same level. Not a, ish. Yeah, yeah, not the same. Not the same. Not the same level as Randy because Randy's phenomenal. Greatest wide receiver of all time. <sighs> Surprise! You ain't seeing your guy as a Niners fan. Yeah, listen, listen. 
Randy's the greatest talent I've ever seen in my life. He's talent, okay. Yeah. He could have been the greatest, but, you know, I digress. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he needed AB. That's who he wants. He gets, he gets who he wants, when he wants, especially on the O-line. Um, so I just think it's one of those things that happened. And, and sorry, Ken, I, but I, there was one more thing I wanted to add. It, what actually helps AB's case and Tom's argument for him is the fact that the NFL didn't suspend him for the remainder of the season. That is true. They suspended him for three games. So it's like, it's like they gave him a slap on the wrist. For, a slap on the wrist, yeah. For, for, for oh, um, you, committing, you faked committing this, you this, faked this offense. Bad boy. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it, you it, so Tom had to be in, in, in B.A.'s ear saying, listen, if the NFL didn't take it further than that, let this man come back to the team because you need him. I, um, I need him. You need him to save your job. So you have to let him come back at this point. Look, look at the situation. As, as I, Long said, the team is ish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly thought they would suspend him for a year. If, if they did, then I could understand, you know, all right, well, A.B., this is it. Mm-hmm. But they suspended him for three games and then they didn't cut him yet. They had to see the bucks that is. Had to see what happened with the what team. Happened. It's, a, it's yeah. a good thing they didn't cut him immediately because look, no, they need him. Yeah. And BA, as Ken said, has to backpedal. Ken, the floor is yours. I I don't need a dance floor this time, and I don't even need to get up on a soapbox because I said majority of what I was going to say about this in my opening for this section. He is is a huge backpedal. And as you guys have so eloquently put it, there is no way that Bruce Arians has the level of power on this squad that he thinks he does. It is impossible. Because if he did, then Antonio Brown would not still be on the team. And AJ, you said that, that they've been doing whatever they can to get A.B. out. No, they haven't. A.B.'s been doing everything he can to but get himself cut. And they just true. won't that cut is him. This is, this is true. <laughs> that's this is true. true. Is I stand like, corrected. It is, it is like how I often say when we're looking at um, coaches in soccer, where they take a particular job looking for severance. Because they, they go, you expect that they're going to fail. They take a long contract to get fired and get paid out. So AB, in this situation, because he has Brady, he is just doing what he likes. Because the team is not going to get rid of him. Because Brady is there and Brady keeps saving his bacon. Why then am I going to get myself all hyped up about Antonio Brown and Bruce Arians? A, B, and B, A are doing as they feel like. Literally. Or I should say, Abba. A, B yeah. is doing as they feel like. And B, A has no power to do anything mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, it's the reverse, you know? So one yeah. does what he wants, the other one can't. Correct. So that was what he said. And now we're on to who do you trust? Now, this week in the NFL, there were lots of shakeups at the top of the conferences and some of these very competitive divisions. So now we ask the question, who do you trust? And Logs, we ask you first. Firstly, the AFC North. The Bengals are back on top of an eight and six record type of the Ravens. The Steelers are half game back at seven, six, and one, and the Browns are in the cellar, seven and seven. So who do you trust to win the North? Well, like I think I mentioned it earlier. I think uh with Lamar, the Ravens are the best team in the AFC North. So once he comes back, 
from injury, if he comes back fully healthy, that is, then I think they should definitely take the North easily. Easily? Uh, yeah. The, come on. You, you, you realize you just call you call the Bengals, right? <laughs> the Bengals was my... <laughs> the Bengals was the least inspiring win. They had no offense. They barely had defense. It just saved them in that last game. And they've been going on this trend for the last two or three weeks where it, it just slightly... They faltered. And they were lucky against the opponents that they had that they were, you know, lucky enough to get those victories. Um, but I think that the Ravens with Lamar is a playoff team, at least the second round. Okay. What about you, AJ? AFC North. Who do All right. So I'm going to eliminate the Browns early. I don't see the Browns winning another game for the season. They have <laughs> Why the you even mention them? <laughs> We're going through the, I'm just going through the division, right? So eliminating the, the early option. The Browns are at the Packers and at the Steelers. I don't even have faith in them to beat the Steelers at this point. Uh, and then the last game of the season is the Bengals. I, I, they, they, they don't have the metal to come back and win this, in, and win this division. I, I don't see it. Um, the Steelers are, are the, the wild card, for want of a better term here. The Chiefs, they're at the Chiefs. They're at home to the Browns, then at the Ravens. It, 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 it sort of feels like anything can happen with the Steelers, but I, I mean, I do expect them to lose to the Chiefs. I think that tie against the Lions is going to come back to haunt them, um, especially when it comes to winning this division, so I'm going to eliminate them as well. I take Log's point about the Ravens. However, I Ooh. actually feel that the Ravens stand a better chance to win this division with Tyler Huntley. What? Is, yeah, and I'll tell you why. This is not a discredit to Lamar, but... Teams have been figuring out how to play Lamar a lot. The Ravens' offense specifically is terrible when Lamar is this. Like, they're one, one of, if not the worst in the league when Lamar is this, right? Yeah. And, and, and opposing defenses have been doing that to, to offset him. And for the most part, it's been working. I mean, he's still dynamic that every once in a while he, he pull off a play. But especially coming back and, and what was his injury? Wasn't it, um, what's his injury again? I am not I sure. Can't I, I, I feel can't like it was something pertaining to his legs. Uh, I'll since, get it for you. Right. But I'll continue in the meantime. Since Tyler Huntley has been in, he has actually deputized well. Um, in, the, in the last game, and we spoke about this off-air before we came on, in the last game, I wasn't averse as I was in the previous week to Harbour trying to go for two. I think the most egregious part about it was the play call itself. Not, not, not the fact that he went for it, but the actual play call. It, it made no sense to have the man rolling out to the right and, and the, like the, the pass was almost telegraphed, right? Um, the man has a right ankle injury. Ankle. Right. And so that, that's my concern. Him coming off of an ankle injury and having to use that dynamism and, and, and you know, the speed and all the cutting, and I don't know how that ankle works. The, the Ravens are just too... And I'm saying all this to wrap it up in a neat little bow and say the Ravens are just too injury-stricken at this point. If, 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 if the Bengals can continue, I don't see them winning out because I, I think they lose to the Chiefs. They're going 
to Kansas City. I think they lose to the Chiefs, but they could go two and one. I still have them to beat the Ravens um, this upcoming week and then to beat the Browns in the final week. And Logs, you mentioned them as your least inspiring win because the offense wasn't that good, but they won. That's the thing. They're still winning. They're still winning. So based on... This is more, of, more about the, re, the rest of the division and less about the Bengals, but for me, the Bengals can hold on and win the division. So it's interesting that you and I, AJ, on that last point that you made, we actually agree. I do believe that the Bengals have the inside track to win the division. They are my favorite to win the division at this point. They've swept the Steelers. They've already beaten the Ravens. They have one more game. They've already beaten the Browns and they have one more game against them. Yeah, one more game. Yeah. And have one more game against the Browns as well. So, yes, they do have to play against the Chiefs. But the Ravens, over the last two weeks, they have to play the Rams and they have to play the Steelers. The Browns have the Packers, the Steelers, and the Bengals as well. Mm-hmm. When you take into consideration, as you made mention of also, that the Ste- not Steelers, the Ravens keep hemorrhaging players. Marlon Humphrey just went down in this last game. They're, they're down to kibbles and bits uh, corner. They don't have a real credible running back room, and their quarterback is hurt. When you put all of that together in a package, that stew is nothing that you feed to guests. That is something that you probably put outside for the dog. There's nothing that we get right now looking at the Ravens and Harbaugh and his cavalier nature to go for two at these odd times. Okay, you ask the team and the team say, yeah, let's go for two. But you're still going with your backup quarterback, and you've not shown the propensity up until this point that you can score at will. So kick the extra point. Let's go to overtime and see what happens then. Of the lot of them, the only one I can really put any kind of trust to is the Bengals because the Bengals they still have the majority of their pieces healthy, and they're they're looking like if they are the best collection at this point of the season within the AFC North. I don't disagree with that. But is it is it just me or is like all the players, like all the teams have like excessive injuries? Like we all, we, most teams run into the third and fourth string in whatever position it is. Or is it just I haven't watched football in depth in a while? I don't know. Because I find like it, there's a lot of injuries like more than the last couple of years. Well, that, that I think I actually believe that that is 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 quite astute. Feels like there have been a lot more injuries recently, and that could explain why the playing field seems so level, because there there aren't any teams in the NFL. I, I would say, maybe outside of the Green Bay Packers that have like distanced themselves from the pack. In yes. in each of the other, like in outside, right? So outside of the Packers, the rest of the NFC. And the rest of the AFC even it is just all a collection. It's like a melting pot of teams in each conference. So it could I be know. a lot down to injuries. Obviously, there's some coaching issues and schemes, but well, yes. the injuries definitely. Because like you said, and, and Logs, don't get me wrong, I actually had the Ravens to win this division at the beginning of the year. You know? So did I. Yeah. 
Oh, until so a few weeks that. ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a clean sweep, dog. Until, until, you know, as Ken said, they just hemorrhaging players. I, I just don't like the Bengals. <laughs> I don't trust. I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. Bart Scott. I heard referred to them as the Bengals. <laughs> I didn't even know that was. Yeah, it's true. That's funny. <laughs> but as you've been mentioning of the even playing field throughout these divisions and throughout the conferences, that's our second look. Um, look at who do you trust? So the AFC continues to get shaken up. The Patriots were leading the the AFC. And then they got smoked by the courts 27 to 17. Yep. <laughs> but but, but the day they got rolled up like a blunt. And 27 to 17 smoked. Right. Yeah, he's throwing out for me, you know. He's throwing out for me. I know. Me. I know. But they got smoked. They didn't have a, a slight loss. They got beat. They got beat handedly. By a touchdown so, and a field goal. Okay. Yeah, of course. But it's a, they still got a spot. The Titans, the Titans, they lost to the Steelers, 19 to 13. Kansas City Chiefs are back on top after beating the Chargers, 34 to 28. And we just talked about the toss-up that is the AFC North. So, AJ, we start with you. Who wins the AFC number one seed? A couple of weeks ago, I was... Mind you, I, I was cautiously optimistic. I wasn't, like, in a very braggadocious sort of mood, but I did say that I felt like my Pats could win the, the AFC um, because of our remaining schedule and because of the way we were playing, right? Uh, the loss to the Colts happened at the wrong time for me. And, and that coupled with the fact that Kansas City are slowly but surely catching themselves, and especially their defense, at this point, I, I, I may just say it, it's Kansas City because they have the, the, they have the inside track and... Honestly, I don't know which one of these teams poses a big threat to Kansas City in their final three games. They have the Steelers, the Bengals, the Broncos. Now, my hope for the Pats was that by the time Week 18 rolled around, we would have already clinched that top spot because Week 18 is in Miami. And I'm never confident. <laughs> I'm never confident going to Miami. I mean, the Miami Miracle still haunts me. Don't forget, so, Miami won six in a row recently. And, and they have, they, correct. And they, they're on that, they're on that winning streak, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I still, I still say we beat the Bills. We're going to yeah. beat the Jags. We have to be beating the Jags. But it, it yeah. is, a, it is a distinct possibility that we lose to Miami. And I, as much as I hate to admit that, it just happens. <laughs> it just happens. Because the Miami Miracle was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. But it happened. Same. So, I, the, the, I, based on pure numbers, I've, I see Kansas City going through, you know, they, they have the Steelers at home, then they're at the Bengals, and they're at the Broncos. I don't see which one of these teams is going to take out Kansas City. So, the fact that they're already leading, and I see them going through, you know, it have to be them. And at, at best, the Pats can, even if we, we do win out from here, at best, we're going to stay um, second, but I'm, I'm still praying for a miracle, but my, I'm trying to think with my head and not my heart here. My <laughs> head says Kansas City. What are you, Logs? What does your head say to you? Based on the way the, the AFC is set up, um, with all these, um, all these teams basically almost the same records, almost playing the same way, um, only like two or three step, like really um, play good ball. And who caught me off guard was sadly was 
AJ's Patriots who came out strong out of nowhere. And I was like, all right, maybe Bill found a formula and he's going to get this thing going, especially with the Chiefs who were struggling early in the season. And I was like, okay, this is probably going to get it. And then here comes the Titans. And I was like, damn, okay. They're <laughs> mediocre, but, you know, it's not bad. But then all of a sudden, like AJ said, the Chiefs started catching themselves. And it's like, okay, nobody else here has the consistency or the firepower mm-hmm. that the Chiefs have. And then you look at his, the schedule and you realize, come on. They're going to win the next three games, especially if, they, especially if they're playing for it, which they will be playing for it. And then you still have the Pats, who's probably the closest that you could get. And we went through their schedule already. And then the only people that could probably catch them again is the Titans. So the Titans have my 49ers to play against, right? Mm-hmm. I had a 49ers winning, of course. Um, then they have I the do. Dolphins, right? They have the Dolphins and... Okay, that was iffy. And I have them beating the Texans. So... Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a it's a flip because it could be a one or two or a two and one. And even then you're still you're still not beating. If you lose any games, you're not gonna win. So they have to win everything. And then I don't I don't see them winning all the games. So based just based off of that, and especially with the Patriots as well, they're not gonna win all the rest of their games. Um by default and by you know firepower, the Chiefs, Chiefs automatically take number one. Well, it's a clean sweep, fellas, because we all are on the Chiefs. It, there's not much more that I can add to what you guys have said. Um, the Chiefs' defense is playing much better. They've been getting stronger and stronger every week. The offense has been cutting down on the mistakes. So when you look at everything and how you guys have outlined it, there's, you can't trust anyone more than Kansas City this week. But, of course... This is the AFC of the NFL in 2021. So mm-hmm. it probably changes <laughs> next week. But we shall see. So finally, the last one for who do you trust? It is the NFC. We switch over now to the site oh, by <laughs> me and Logs. Mm-hmm. Now, the NFC is less topsy-turvy, but it was also an eventful week in the NFC. The Buccaneers lose. The Cardinals lose. The, Buccaneer, the Packers pull it out against the Ravens on another failed two-point attempt, and the Cowboys beat the Giants on the road. So, Logs, who wins the NFC? Bro. Well, the NFC boy, I should say. Ooh. That one's tough. Ugh. Man. This one was a hot, this one was real hard for me, right? Because all these teams, well, now, I shouldn't say all the teams, but the, the teams that are favored are the Bucks, the Packs, the Cardinals, the Cowboys. That's the teams that are head up, head above everyone. I, I guess you have the Rams in there based off their record. Um, but just based off the schedule, the Packers have they have that, that win loss going for them because they have 11 wins, three losses. And just based off the last three games, they have the Browns, Vikings, and the Lions. So, I mean, you, I see them going at least two and one, right? Because Vikings may or may not fight together. So, I, see them, I do see them going at least two and one to uh, end the season. But then at the same time, I think about it. It's the Packers. And whole season, 
You know, luckily, luckily enough, I have Aaron Rodgers on my team for my fantasy football team. And it's been up and down, man. It's been up and down. One game, he'll be fantastic. The next game, he'll be subpar. And that's one of the main reasons why I'll be, you know, why fantasy football, like, gives you an in-depth feel for the game. Because then you realize, like, yo, why the team didn't win because he didn't perform. He didn't give me three touchdowns today. He didn't give me 320 yards. He had three interceptions. And you're like, damn, this is why they lost. But he's he hasn't been the great Aaron like he was. So that's why I was I'm iffy about the three and oh of us as teams as opposed against the Vikings. Because I, I clearly have them winning against the Browns and the Lions. So I'll say the winner of the um winner of the AFC definitely going to be Green Bay Packers. Okay. What about you, AJ? Does your mind crush steal the <laughs> Crown from the Packers. Y'all getting disrespectful. Right? <laughs> first of all, first of all, a few weeks ago, when we had Justin on the show, I said that I saw his Packers. Justin, by the way, logs is a Green Bay Packers fan. He lives in the Wisconsin area. Oh, in the okay. Wisconsin state, I should say, or the Wisconsin area. Um, I, I said on that episode that I see his Packers winning the division. This is a couple of weeks back, and I'm not going to change my mind. I still see the Packers winning. Well, yeah, winning the bye. Um, yeah, you said you're iffy about the Vikings, right? You know I'm not iffy. That game is in prime time. It means Kirk Cousins is not going to be good. And then um, the, the, the Packers will probably have a plan because they'll, they'll just let Kirk Cousins expire and not do anything. And they're probably going to have a plan for Dalvin Cook. Um, Madison is on IR, so I don't even know if he if he'll be back for that game. I don't think he's going to be back. <laughs> there we go. So I have no faith in the Vikings to win that game. All I'm seeing is versus win VW VW like two Volkswagens uh, against the Browns and Vikings. Yeah, the next two games are wins, and then in the last week against the Lions, I by that time they may even be able to 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 have have yeah, clinch. Yeah, yeah. Okay. they might clinch by then and then. Who knows? It, it may not even matter what they do against the Lions, but Aaron Rodgers is not going to lose to a division rival. Uh, I, I, I don't know that he sits out an entire game um, just for the postseason. He will want to play. So I see three wins, and they're already leading. And no, I, I don't see the Bucs um, coming back to take it. They will have a little bit of... of of a learning curve, having to play without those three guys for a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I'm again going with logs and pick, stick, sticking with my previous prediction and seeing the Packers. All right, so I'll just read what I had prepped for this one, mm -hmm. right? Okay. <clears throat> so I will not. I will, I will just read it because again, I need not go too long on this one. So the <laughs> Packers finish the season against the Browns. Owen. Vikings, Owen, and the Lions. Enough said. Okay. Buccaneers are done with the Saints and also should be done with losing. Two games against the Panthers and the Jets. It doesn't yeah. get easier than that. The Cowboys, they have three tough games. They have the Washington football team, the Cardinals, who are playing for their lives, and the Eagles. They could easily go one and two or two and one in this stretch. The Cards, mm -hmm. they have the Colts and the Seahawks, and you can't be confident with what you're seeing from them right now. And we also have to add the Rams, who also have a tough schedule. They have the Vikings, the Ravens, and the 49ers, and 
the the Rams, they won the game tonight against the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Right now, it is a two-horse race between the Packers and the Buccaneers. But the best position is definitely the Packers. Yeah, agreed. It's based on it's just based on the the the, the record right now. And yeah, yeah the remaining schedule because they, 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 they have, have two home games. They have yeah. two home games, and their away game is at Detroit. I mean, I know no one likes to go to Detroit, but I mean it's Detroit. <laughs> it is true. So yeah, <clears throat> that brings us to the end of who do you trust? No, I, yeah, but logs, of course we do want a collective thank you. green beige. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> we want to thank you for coming on. It, it was hey. great. Um, no I just quickly yeah. mentioned the matches for week 16. Um, I just yeah, made a quick list, quick list of that. I have Broncos, Raiders, Steelers, Chiefs, the Christmas games, Bronze Packers, and Colts Cardinals. We have Bills and Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, 49ers, Titans, and Bronze Packers. We have lots of great games on this week. So, for those who are with us still at the end of the show, um, those are the NFL games you can look out for, of course. Christmas is on Saturday and the NBA, they give us five games on Christmas as well. So chances are... It's going to be a filled Saturday. Exactly. Most <laughs> most butts aren't moving out of chairs this, this Saturday. <laughs> so, Logs, tell the folks where they can find the Collective Bargaining Podcast, how they can meet up, link up with you and, and what you got going on. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, all the collective pod. Uh, the collective pod is spelled, well, not like collective, but you know, it's spelled a little differently. It's spelled um, C O L L E K T I V E pod, collective pod. Uh, that's that's how we have it on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube as well as the collective, the collective podcast, um, to collective bargaining podcast um so youtube twitter instagram facebook you can find us all there and AJ told me that you guys do a live show yeah we do a live show uh, every tuesday and thursday all right well <laughs> we will definitely be looking out for you guys and we'll have you back especially when you know the nfl season is over and then we oh, just really just spend some time talk about talking about basketball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I got to get like, uh, y'all can come on the show as well, too. Whenever you want. Well, I can't speak for AJ. I'll speak for me. Whenever you want me. <laughs> just let me know yeah, and yeah. I'll, I'll do my best to be available. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you're not, you're not, your knowledge in the game is quite, is quite good. It's better than most. So, I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think, I think you could have a, a, a good discussion depending on the topics that we have you know that's not a problem <laughs> all right so folks this is where we're going to end it for this week this was the second half of the green Bay podcast <laughs> as always that is AJ. he is the green i am ken i am the bitch that was logs from the collective bargaining podcast and we will see you next time